You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Hi. I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a change agent, former executive director, and best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect. I am a champion for learning, growth, and connections, and I am here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and strategy. On our podcast, we're joined today by Anna Halab. Anna is, the, is a peace educator, forgiveness counselor, recovery coach, and the owner of Clear Path to Peace. Now, she's really pretty interesting. We've had our little chat before we started. I can't promise you we're going to have a, a straight line interview today because she's so interesting to me. But let me tell you who she works with. She works with individuals, couples, and families, pretty much people who want to experience deep forgiveness of themselves and others and profound healing and inner liberation. For the past 18 years, Anna has provided restorative justice, poetry, and peace education for inmates in prison, San Quentin to be specific, and juvenile offenders. And the Worldwide Forgiveness Alliance honored Anna as the 2018 Champion of Forgiveness, along with other luminaries. Anna holds a BA in Peace Studies and an MA in Dispute Resolution from Pepperdine University School of Law. She is a frequent speaker on the essential role of spiritual connection and healing. And her books include Forgive and Be Free and The Edges Are Friendly. In this episode, you're going to hear how our spiritual connection and healing are linked and how ecstatic forgiveness and recovery heal us from all kinds of addiction. Anna will reveal what ecstatic forgiveness is and what gets in the way of a clear path to peace, either as individuals or in community. And here's some really fun news I just learned is Anna released a new song today. So I'm going to ask her right after we introduce her if she can either sing that song or maybe another one that's kind of resonating with her right now. But let's welcome our guest, Anna Halla. Hi, Anna. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here. As I told you when we were just chatting, I got more excited the more I learned about you. But before we actually dive into the show, I have two requests of you. Okay. Um, one is if you have a song, if you will sing it, some or all of it. And then I want to know if there is one kind of non-negotiable thing you do every day that keeps you connected to yourself 
your higher self, your spirit, um, and keeps you going in the direction that you want to be going? Well, what a great question. Um, so you said, I released a new song today, and really that sounds so um, kind of professional. And really what happened was I got this download of a song. That's how my creative process has worked so far, is that every now and then when I'm open enough, a song will just come to me. So I was getting out of the shower actually and getting ready for this interview. And I started singing this really super, super, super simple song. It has one word in its lyrics. And this is something that I sometimes do. I just say, yes, yes, yes. And I get my mind into yesness in case it has been traveling somewhere else. I go, no, <clears throat> come back, yes. And so today came out in a song. So this song is super easy to learn if you know, you're listening and you, you want a little um, supportive chant. And I'm gonna sing it for you and it's totally fresh. So here goes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whoa. For something with such a simple lyric, that's such a powerful message. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying yes to, to be clear, is life and the amount of love that is inherent in life and me lining myself up with this love that is bigger than any kind of romantic love it's the love of of my creator our creator for us so that to me is not a religious thing um, i really respect religions but I, I tend to be kind of more of a universalist so it's it's my spirituality coming out um, spontaneously and i feel like this is true for all of us we just need to be really open to it and bingo a song pops out after i take a shower you know so then i get to share it with you and then that brings me joy what do i do on a regular basis or a daily basis and i do have a practice and i have been talking quite a bit about that especially recently you know as things in the world get more and more uncertain and more and more tenuous and we need to just be open to whatever's going to happen next having a daily practice helps us stay grounded and centered so what i do personally is i get up and the first thought that i have when i wake up as soon as i can track that is Oh, another day, thank you. And I just stay with that before I get out of bed. And some days it's easier than others, right? I might have to stay there and go, no, 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 get, you know, get here. 
And it is pretty easy for me, actually, because usually when I wake up in the morning, I'm in such a flood of grace. There's so much light that if I can just track that into my conscious thought and say, all right, this is what I'm bringing into this day. So that's my part of my practice. The other part of my practice is when I get up and I get myself something warm to drink and I sit down and then I, uh, I read my favorite spiritual text, which is called A Course in Miracles. And I read some of the course every day and then I meditate and pray. So I pray for my children, I pray for my family, I pray for every being on earth, I pray for the earth itself. And I give thanks to all the beings that are helping us through this awakening time. And I send this gratitude and, and consciousness to my day. And I teach people how to do this. It's, like, it's not hard. It, we just have to remember to do it so that the, the, this energy of grace goes and we pray, you know, like, please put this forth for me that I may be able to be giving this love today and place it all around me and above and below me, within me, so that I can be someone who walks around as a fountain of love. So that's my prayer. I do it every day. And it's amazing how well my days just go with the flow. You know, not, I can't guarantee that, but it's pretty darn miraculous what happens. And I feel like the more of us that do this, the more we'll be in the right time at the right place and we'll just be in the flow and we'll meet each other and say hello in a good space. And we'll say, how can I serve you? How can I serve this earth? And so that's why I do it every day. What do you mean by a clear path to peace? Mm. Well, I feel like the internal path to peace and the world connection to peace are linked. They're interrelated. Um, I did spend part of my life when I was younger trying to fix the world. And I got really involved with um, social justice issues and environmental issues. And I just ran myself right into a wall. And I got exhausted. I got depressed because I, um, I was scared, I was worried. And this is way back when, uh, in mostly the, the 80s, when I was a lot younger and I was coming out of college and or in college and um, working with uh, the nuclear weapons issue. And there were a lot of us that were afraid that any minute, you know, this bomb could go off and boom, that would be it. And we had to stop it. When I realized that I was running out of steam in a big way, that's when I turned to meditation. And you know, spirit totally orchestrated this whole thing. So I got a taste of what it feels like to work really hard and be really good hearted and want the best for the world and then just bam, get smacked into a wall because I didn't have my, my inner fountain open. So then I need to learn how to do that. And I feel like this connection between our, our, our inner clarity and, and really some purification that needs to happen in a gentle way. It doesn't have to be, you know, these, these ideas we have about what purification is about are sometimes laden with some, 
certain, you know, thoughts of, ooh, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun at all. And I, I want to have a good time. So that's one of the reasons why I call it ecstatic forgiveness, to remind us that when we do this purification in the way that I have found, that it's easy and gentle and loving to do, then what ends up happening is we feel so fantastic. So we got to remember the fantastic part. Otherwise, you get bogged down in, oh, my God, I got so much purification to do, and this sucks, and I'm... A, I'm, you know, there's something wrong with me. And so part of my clear path to peace for myself and what I share with other people is one, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing. Who you are is blessed and glorious. And if you're not feeling that, that's understandable because pretty much all of us have gotten socialized into taking on problems being told that there's something wrong with us, maybe from day one of our life here. So that's the purification, is just taking off the veils of sadness and pain that we've taken on. And so I talk about this taking off the veils as this like beautiful, sacred striptease that we're doing. And everybody on the planet is doing it. Some of us are holding on pretty tight, and others of us are going, oh my God, this is it. I don't need this one. I don't need this one. Let's take this one off. And then we get naked before our creator. And with this nakedness comes a lot of peace and joy. We have to choose it because nobody does it for us. So would an example of one veil be like, uh, limiting beliefs we have about ourselves or others have about us or what we can do or can't do or mm -hmm. what we think is possible because of what we've been told are those examples of things that we are wearing that aren't a they don't belong to us and they don't even fit yes I would say there are so many levels to look at this on and in my book that I wrote it's called forgive and be free I have a whole chapter on how many levels there are. Like there's the individual level of how I see it is that we are eternal souls and we are temporarily here. We have this temporary name, this temporary body, this temporary uh, identity. You know, so right now I'm called Anahalab in a female body and I got born into an American situation, right? That's temporary and I know that. And I'm not scared of that because I know that who I am is an eternal being of light. So this eternal being of light drops into this family. And so on one level, there's my individual story. And then there's my family level. Then there's the generations of all the beings that have been part of my ancestors. And when we are born, we are born into what I call the family soup. The family soup has all the ingredients and some of them are delicious and some of them quite frankly really are not. So as we get older, we realize, oh gosh, the, these are the flavors of my family soup. What do I wanna keep and what do I wanna let go of? In addition to that, there are other layers like our culture, our religious upbringing, our socioeconomic status, our um, sexual preference, and if we got accepted or not for that. Now there's 
even more subtlety and um, kind of variety in terms of gender. You know, what, what do we experience in here and, and who are we really? And, and what does the world tell us about who and what we should be? And that's why coming back to this, there's nothing wrong with you, is really important. And I tell that to myself because, you know, I run this stuff too. I'm, it's getting a lot easier, a lot, lot easier. But I'm not saying I'm, I'm cooked, you know, I'm, I'm finished. And yet I've been doing this over and over and over again to where my inner muscles are stronger. And this is what I have to offer is this inner workout. It's not hard. It's soft strength, soft strength. So that we learn to breathe, we learn to let go, we learn to receive. And that's the clear path to peace. How can we practice or think about our work and connection with other people? Um, so that we are coming together in that place where we're not having to be shielded um, against or, you know, to keep people from our perception of hurting us, whatever. Um, so that collectively we can sigh that, that inner breath and be really more impactful together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a huge question and I love it because mostly in the work that I do, I focus on the person or the couple and the, the inner letting go that they wanna do so that they can have more peace and freedom. And that's a personal level. But I also do mediation and I also teach classes in communication skills. And those are the, the peace education that we need to do with each other. Like learning how to listen to each other. And you, you'll find, we all think, we'll all find that the more we clear out this inner channel by doing our individual peace and freedom work inside of ourselves and our letting go and our reception of love, then we can be quiet when we're listening to someone else, be it on uh, in our family or on our work team or to our boss. We have to like just perceive something that we don't even agree with and the boss has more power. I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics that happen. Nonprofit boards sometimes are the worst. I mean, they're fighting and yet they want to do this wonderful thing in the world. So we need to learn to just quiet down and listen to each other and know that we can listen without having to agree. So there's lots of dynamics here where we can learn to speak and be assertive but not aggressive there's a big difference and it's a lot of times it's what we say but it's also energetic how we say it so the more calm we can be inside of ourselves the more we can really listen to each other we can take a moment before just blurting something out and lord knows i've done that a zillion times and then regretted it god oh shit I just said that and I didn't, I, can I take it back? I cannot rewind that moment. So learning to just be more still from our daily practice really helps. Then when we have something to say, we can say it knowing we wanna be kind as best we can. But being truthful and being kind at the same time is an art form. And I think it's, a, it's like the leading edge for a lot of us in working together. 
Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. When you think about your reconciliation work, so I'm thinking about this both on the couple level, but also like how do we reconcile our disagreements with people so that we can, you know, really be connected together. Yeah. This is such an important thing because especially in the United States and in other places as well, we're so polarized and even what we think is reality or we think are the facts can be so, so different. Um, And I've struggled with this. I know a lot of us are struggling with how do we, make a bridge to people who don't agree with not only our, our, our sense of what reality is, but our, you know, how we show up on the planet. There's just, just a lot of choices of what path we want to take. And so for me, the best thing that I know how to do is to ask questions and listen. Really be sincere about wanting to know the answer. And remember that when you're listening, you don't have to agree. You are totally free to be yourself and have whatever opinion or reality you want. But if you really wanna make a bridge, you have to ask some questions in an open-hearted way, open questions, not closed questions. Like, why did you do this terrible thing? That's a question, but that's not gonna help. It's also a judgment. <laughs> Absolutely, so when we, when we ask questions with a loving heart without the judgment as best we can, because that's not so easy sometimes. But just say, I really want to get it. I want to understand your point of view. Why do you think this is the best way forward? That's pretty open. And if you're actually curious, then the person will hopefully tell you and hopefully tell you in a pretty honest and kind way. If, you, if we set the stage for kindness instead of setting the stage for a bunch of argument and judgment, hopefully we'll get something new out of it. But that does bring me back to want to ask you about your morning ritual and your connection to spirit and your reading. Do you check in at that point or throughout the day with like when you find there might be, if you find there might be a kind of a tension between what is being experienced and what you think spirit might want you to be knowing about that? And I don't know that I have the right language for that, but I'm just curious about how you kind of check in to get recentered if that, you know, if you're feeling off kilter. Yeah, well, I do check in a lot. Um, and pretty much I don't make any decisions unless I've checked in already. And there are a couple things that might happen. One is if I'm not feeling centered, I'm probably just running an old wound tape you know and the and the sooner i can recognize that and say no thank you the better now sometimes it's really appropriate if it comes up very strong to do some inner work to stop everything and say say oh i'm having this big wave coming through i want to pay attention to it and that's where the letting go of what i call ecstatic forgiveness is so helpful because then we can let the entire wave and the emotions and the sadness and the past history, whatever, out and offer it 
make an offering to the God of our understanding, um, the source of our life, whatever we want to call that, and then receive, receive, receive healing. So that's what I do with people when I, when I have a, a session, that's what we work with. And I teach people how to do this. So they're not always coming back to me. They're learning this life skill. So once you learn it, you have it forever, your whole life long. And you could whip it out at three o'clock in the morning when you're awake and you don't know what to do with yourself. So I do this as well. You know, I'm, I, I am fully into being honest with whatever's arising with me. So sometimes I just say, no, thank you. I'm not going there because I know what this is and I'm not giving it time and energy right now. Other times, maybe it's really time to take a new look and, and get a new uh, reflection of what this is. So I have to be honest with that part. And then I was going to say something else and I don't remember. Well, then let me ask you a question. One of the things you talk about, um, or that I read that you talked about, is that meditation and intuition can be both powerful influencers of sound decision making. So is that kind of what you're talking about there? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's right. You were asking me about checking in and getting, getting guidance. So, right, if I notice that I'm not clear, I mean, this is where honesty comes in. I've got to be really honest with myself, and we all do. Am I feeling calm right now? Because if I'm not, it's not a good time to make a decision. So if I am not feeling calm, then I got to wait and just admit, all right, I need to clear out. I need to get centered. <clears throat> That's why any tools that you've already learned, we need to practice them and bring them out of the closet and use them now because this is the time. This is a time that we all were born for. And so I use my tools of set, getting centered and doing prayers and letting go of, of my sadness or fears or whatever. Um, so sometimes, as I was saying, that's a little bit of a process. Sometimes I just go, nope, not, I'm not going there. Keep rolling. <laughs> um, and if I don't know, then I don't act. There are times, I'm, right now, I'm in a situation where I got inspired to redo my website. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, doing, I'm redoing my website. But now, I don't quite know how to go forward. I realize I can't do this by myself. I need a professional. So who am I going to work with? I'm not sure. If I'm not sure, I wait. I wait to get the guidance. It's like, well, I don't need to know today, do I? Actually, no. I don't need to know today. When I know, I know. And then I move forward. So having some patience and being willing to just let go of time is, is really a, a part of the, the tools that we can use. And that's especially challenging for us when we are having to take a step back. It's almost a gift to, you know, the whole thing of like, well, I don't have time. It's like, well, I bet you do. You might have a little extra, maybe not all the time you want. You know, you may be dealing with more things in your home now, but um, is that time to actually think about that and do you, what intentionally do you want to have in your life? So your example of, I don't even want, this doesn't belong to me right now, or thank you, I'm moving on. Thanks for bringing that up. No, thank you. Um, and I'm curious, 
you know, you talked about this is the age we're moving into. Can you talk a little bit more about what you see that being or us becoming collectively? I can tell you what my prayer is. I don't know where we're going more than anybody else does. And I do feel like there is a huge team of people who are here right now and being born onto this planet Earth. And what we have agreed to be here now in this time, that is a huge awakening. So I can feel that quickening in my own life. I more and more easily connect to others like with you, Sarah. We haven't ever talked before, but no. I, I'm totally loving being in this with you, right? As well. And it's easy because of this tribe. And I remind myself, we've got a huge tribe all over the world speaking all the languages. And so those folks are saying yes to something absolutely new and better. There are other people that are wanting to drag us down as much as possible. And so my prayer is that we will be able to move through this time and we will reconfigure our priorities, especially in the wealthy countries like the United States and elsewhere where, you know, we could maybe some of us go, yeah, I feel like just getting on a plane and going somewhere, you know, well, maybe that's not the highest and the best for the whole. And let's start thinking about that. Let's start cleaning up the mess we've made together and rebuild something that's wonderful that we've, we've craved. I know I have craved a vision and manifesting a vision of creating heaven on earth forever for this whole life and i had it when i was a little kid and nobody knew what i was talking about oh that crazy anna yeah yeah i'm, I'm kind of whacked out <laughs> what's that girl talking about <laughs> exactly why is that 60 year old hugging a tree you know so i actually you know was kind of bullied around it and yet now i realize i'm not alone there's nothing wrong with me and we're here together to walk this path of awakening on the earth and we have help so i feel like there are beings that are not in bodies that are helping us and i reach out to those those beings even if i don't know who they are or what they're called i don't care you know it's more like reaching to this love of our creator because if i didn't have that i would be really depressed and part of my backstory, which I wrote about in Forgive and Be Free, is that my mother was really depressed. And she was so depressed that she killed herself. So my forgiveness story um, was born out of that pain. And I understand that if, if you feel really depressed, you, have, you look out into the world, you can have your reasons why. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of compassion for that. And I also feel like, all right, the problem is we're looking outside instead of inside. And it takes, this spiritual path takes a certain amount of introspection. You gotta be willing to take a darn look and stop beating ourselves over the head because that's just more of the same. There are times when I feel I'm not connected, but oftentimes to your point of that introspection, it's because I'm not present. 
-hmm. with myself, right? Nothing wrong with the other person. I am not present 100%. So um, I just really appreciate how you frame all of that in a way that feels um, very truthful and hopeful. Um, and I, I just see people um, potentially not adding back in all the craziness, however it's defined, you know, as much busyness or whatever, and just going, you know what, I think I've got enough right now. I'm curious if you can speak to um, how people can do that passion-centered work in a way that doesn't deplete them, um, because I believe in that work being extremely important, but I also don't want, my concern is that people burn themselves out and there's nothing left of them. It comes back to the deep, deep meditation, realization that there's nothing to be fixed. There's only to be let go. And then receiving, making room to receive. So if we know that individually, then we can work in teams a whole lot better. And I, I, I'm glad you brought this back up again because I still do plenty of nonprofit volunteering myself, so I didn't stop. I just had to add in the morning practice, the letting go of my own fears and sorrows so that I can have a life that I love. And then when I'm giving, it's from a completely different place than being thoroughly freaked out and trying to fix and change something that's so horribly broken. Things are broken. I'm not saying that's not the truth, but when we go to, to heal, we need to come from a, a healed place as best we can inside of ourselves. So really from Course in Miracles, which is my, my spiritual text that I love, um, it says that we need to walk off the battlefield. So that's a big meditation for me. It's not that I sit on the couch and do nothing because yay, my life is so together and the hell with you. That's not interesting to me. So my work in the world and in, within myself and my own mind, how can I walk off the battlefield and say, nope, I want something different. I wanna be on a clear path to peace. I wanna be inside the peace now, whatever it's gonna take. So thanks for bringing that back around because that is a different place to come to our work when we're working in nonprofits or any kind of um, helping capacity to come from that place of peace. I don't know that there's a better word for it than that. So thank you for that. Um, I have two requests, one request and one ask. So the request is that you um, tell people the best place to get a hold of you, where you prefer people coming to you so they can learn more about um, what you teach, how to access your information, and then the um, ask is if you would either share um, your yes song or another song or read one of your poems so that we can close out the interview on that note. Great. So while I'm tuning in, because I have no idea whether a song or a poem would be best, so I'm listening right now. 
And in the meantime, while that's going on, I will just say that people can go to my website, which is anaholub.com, A-N-A-H-O-L-U-B, like be like brother.com. And that has lots of information about me and also how to set up a session with me. I always do a free consultation with new clients so you can call me and just check in for a little bit and we can talk about how I can help. And also on my website, anahalab.com, um, are links to the courses that I have. I have several online courses, so if you'd like to learn in, in your own pacing, at your, in your own home, you can do that as well. And now, poem. Nice. Okay. I'm gonna read the top poem that's here on the list, uh, on the, in my book here. And it's called Houses of Light. We are houses of light, lighthouses shining, streaming iridescent beams of the Holy One. We are blessing portals, indescribable by way of words, yet real in our potency. Fired up and spreading out, fulfilled and spilling over, we are fountains of grace, born right here, moment by moment. Our purpose, to enliven the world. Thank you so very much, Anna, for showing up and just being that light today. Thank you, Sarah. It's been just such a pleasure to meet you and to share deeply with you. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.